0: I'm interviewing Cindy on, uh, what's this, May 25th? Mm-hmm. Yeah. End of the school year. End of the school year. That's a good thing, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or what are you doing this summer?
1: Um, painting. Painting, and, yeah, okay. yeah, Doing yeah. some projects around the house. But I'm also mm-hmm. going to go to Mexico City.
0: Yeah. That's cool.
1: I want to see the pyramids. Teotihuacan. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I said that wrong, but I want to go there. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. 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 Have you been to Mexico before? I have. Yeah. I've been there. Okay. Yeah. yeah very cool. So, I love Mexico. It's great.
1: I'm on a quest to see all the art in the world. Yeah. Or some of the the better, yeah, some mm. of the big
0: the big stuff. Mhm. Yeah, we, uh, my wife and I, our first trip together was um, to the Yucatan and going to see Chichen Itza, And then like all, we just did a drive around the peninsula. And ah, it, was, it was just beautiful, it's, beautiful. It's just amazing. It the is. The Maya stuff is amazing. It is. Yeah.
1: Machu Picchu, another time.
0: I, we, and we did that, too. Did you? Yeah, yeah. that was cool. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> all right, I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so... I want to start by asking you to tell me about yourself as a teacher, how long you've been teaching, what subject you teach, and any other details you want to provide.
1: Okay, um, I have been teaching in Hanover County. This is my, next year will be my 15th year. Wow. Mm-hmm. So um, not that long really for a small mm-hmm. age, but um, yeah, I did other things before and came mm-hmm. into teaching kind of as a second career, mm-hmm. um, sort of just fell into it. I've always taught language arts. I taught at Oak for three years, eighth grade, and then mm-hmm. I've been here the rest of the time teaching sixth grade. Okay. And um, yeah, I like it.
0: Great, great. And you're um, and you teach English. Mm-hmm. Okay. English
1: language arts. Yeah, reading yeah. and writing and vocabulary and. Okay. Yeah.
0: And so, and what what grade levels are you teaching this year? This year, sixth grade. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, can you describe? Your school for me?
1: Yes, it's a it's a pretty good sized middle school. I think um, about twelve hundred kids. Uh, it's sixth grade, seventh, and eighth uh, middle school model, and um, it has. Well, I I know the um, the breakdown of the 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 groups. It has eighty six percent white, seven percent of the students are black, three percent are Hispanic, and just a little over two percent are Asian. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It's in the suburbs. You know, mm-hmm. Not it's not a city population. Um, we have strong, very involved parents. And, mm-hmm. um, it's it's a really nice school. You know the kids. Yeah. yeah. Good. And, and the, I in terms of the teaching staff is mm-hmm. um, oh I don't know how many there are. There are a lot of us. Oh, yeah. Fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, it's predominantly a white teaching mm-hmm. administration staff, but. Mm-hmm okay yeah.
0: good that, that gives me a good picture okay um so tell me about the topic of your action research study
1: all right i am trying or i have, i did measure um prejudice and allophilia mm-hmm. in my students um and i started out to, to try and determine if my students of color are being impacted by having that predominantly white teaching and administrative staff mm-hmm. so as i've noticed that um the div- my school is becoming more diverse student-wise, and I just kind of want, once I noticed that, I um, wanted to make sure that um, those students' needs were being met and, and mm-hmm. you know, that they were feeling that sense of connectedness to the school.
0: Mm-hmm. I- I ask you to do this every time, but could you define alophilia? Allophilia <laughs> <laughs> is the yeah. love of others. Mm-hmm. And
1: um, it was not a word that was in my original question. It was mm-hmm. a word I discovered when I was doing some of my research. And I liked it because it gave... Um, th- when when you think about tolerance,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you think about putting up with someone. And so mm-hmm. the opposite of prejudice is not tolerance because that still has... Um, like an unfair balance of power. Mm-hmm. Whereas something more like allophilia, the love of others shows a much better dynamic I think for having people get along and making schools more equitable. You know, that it's just a, a sincere love of instead of trying to think mm-hmm. that something is a problem, embracing it as as a wonderful opportunity.
0: Mhm. Did you, so you you took this topic on, what compelled you to do that, did you see that there was a problem with prejudice in your classroom, or the potential for that to emerge, or um, tolerance was there, but maybe not just like sort of an embracing of diversity, what was sort of the impetus for the project in that regard? Well, the
1: the project came after... I've done a lot of, not a lot. I've done a good bit of work with social justice, like on the side mm-hmm. and in my in my spare time. Mm-hmm. And I do a lot. In, I did a lot this past summer. Mm-hmm. And so when I came into school, and I did notice that, you know, we had lost some of the teachers due to retirement or whatever that that were, um, you know, black teachers and whatnot. I, I wondered what that would feel like to the kids mm-hmm. if they went all day not seeing anybody who looked like them in a a teaching or administrative capacity. Mm -hmm. And I just wondered if that would have, what kind of an impact that had. Mm -hmm. It was something that I didn't really know, and I wanted to know, as their teacher, what could I do to make that better for them? Was there something I can do with the way I taught my class? Were there connections that I could make that would make that a better situation for those kids.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so you said it wasn't your, in alophilia wasn't your in your original research question. What was your original research question, and how has it evolved over the course of the study?
1: I think it was pretty much the same, except for the allophilia mm-hmm. part. And then I think another way that it changed is that I realized, whereas I came into this looking at the students of color, mm-hmm. I also began to notice when I started doing the research that w- that also the children that were white children mm-hmm. were were um, experiencing some difficulties mm-hmm. you know with connectedness to some others in mm-hmm. their classroom or um, expectations and and some of the same things that w- would be impacting the students of color were also c- impacting the white students as well mm. so like this showed up when um I did a characterization activity. One mm-hmm. of the things that I did was I, um, for just learning about characterization and different traits and how to develop a character. And so I put up pictures of different people. Mm-hmm. And the thing that jumped out immediately was um, I had a black male and white male.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, and across the board, all of my students were saying that the black male was... Um, he was an NFL player, or he was an NBA player, or he mm-hmm. was a rapper, and they were choosing all of these things. And he did, he was he just looked like an ordinary man in the mm-hmm. picture, you know, just wearing street clothes, nothing sports or, mm-hmm. and um, and that was across the board. And mm-hmm. so I realized that's when I kind of realized that it was not just a situation having this predominantly white teaching force. And was not necessarily just impacting the students of color. That it that it was kind of, you know, that's where the kids, all the kids were seeing success, in pe- in adults of color. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the, it was the media images or like things they're getting, but they're not get maybe exposed to, to um, uh, communities of color enough to kind of understand that that people have all sorts of roles. Exactly. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's that's really interesting. Um, So you talked a little bit about one of the actions you took was a characterization activity. What other sort of um, classroom activities have you done in order to kind of uh, engage in these conversations? Um, And I'm also interested in what types of data you collected along the way to um, see the effect of the activities.
1: All right, the data, I'll start with that. So I did the characterization activity, Mm -hmm. and that gave a lot of data, probably I could spend the whole summer going through that. Mm-hmm. There was a lot to it. Um, and the other thing, I made a, a survey which measured some of the things that, that you know, like do you enjoy reading mm-hmm. and sort of things that I needed to know. I did this at the beginning of the year. Um, what kind of books do you enjoy? Mm-hmm. And I and then I started to get into um, like questions like do you enjoy books that feature protagonists that are similar to you or, you mm-hmm. know, and then... I got into some questions about connectedness. Do you feel Mm -hmm. connected to your school? Do you feel like you have at least one friend in every class? Do you feel um, any strong connections to a teacher in the building, questions like that. And then some of the questions had to do with alophilia, like Mm -hmm. love of others, and those would be more questions like, Outside of school, I like to hang around people who are different from me. Or mm-hmm. in the cafeteria, I sit with people who are different from me. And mm-hmm. very it in a very generic, kind of non-threatening way. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just trying to get at that allophilia piece.
0: Mm-hmm. And what did you find?
1: What I found was that um, most of my overall, when, mm-hmm. I've, when I got the overall data, most of the students were, you know, they, they felt pretty connected. And that if I looked at it, put it on the spreadsheets, and if I began to look at it, um, there were some differences between the white students. And and because I don't have a a huge group of any one racial group, I I, I just created the category of students of color. And um, like the one of the, at the beginning of the year, the one that concerned me the most was that there were a lot of students of color who disagreed with the statement, I feel close to at least one teacher in the building. And, and, you know, just seeing that, and then when I compared that, when I looked at just the white students and that didn't show up.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: I started to realize that there were, might have been issues that um, would, would be easy to overlook. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it seems like everybody was okay, but when you start looking at the data and... Um, analyze it based on on those categories that differences mm-hmm. actually did begin to to pop up.
0: Yeah, 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 that's interesting.
1: And I was only able to, you know, the, just the ones that really jumped out at me were the ones that, you know, I, I was able to, in the span that we had to work on this, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of look into more. And um, you asked me something.
0: Yeah, it just, I'm really interested in what you've learned specifically about this this topic over the course of the year that has you know has has helped you gain insight into the experience of students or or um, about your teaching practice.
1: I think that what I learned is I. could make those connections to a mm-hmm. point with the kids and mm-hmm. then that and oh, that's what you had asked me also about some of the units and yeah, and, yeah. and this and this was one of the ways that I was able to do it. So for example to lessen stereotypes and I typically do this every year but I really did it with kind of new eyes this year but mm-hmm. I will have a multi um, cultural novel study. So where I, I encourage all of my students to pick a a novel select Mm -hmm. one of their own and we feature in book talk several of them where they're putting themselves in somebody else's shoes and for many of the kids this might be one of the first times they've ever done anything like that Mm -hmm. and then they created a, a scrapbook based on that person's life you know following certain criteria and I think that like that was one of the activities that kind of changed Minds change hearts a little bit, kind of open students' minds to the fact that there are other perspectives mm-hmm. besides the ones that, that they knew of. I did also um, a biography study, and I do this with picture storybooks and so i I will I have twenty five kids um, at most in the class, and so I'll go to the library and I'll check out forty or more. Picture biographies, picture mm-hmm. storybooks, but they're a little bit, you know, more than like something a young child would read. And I tried to pick um, across the board many different cultural groups and historical time periods. Again, getting students to put themselves in somebody else's shoes. And then I worked with um, the GT uh, coordinating teacher here,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: we had a Socratic seminar, kind of looking at some articles that were dealing with the idea of stereotyping and so without addressing anything you know in a harsh way or never of course judgmental way um got kids to kind of open up their eyes and by the end of the um, school year just this past April when we revisited we didn't do the whole activity again but we looked at those two men and we sort of revisited what kind of jobs we gave them and without mentioning it or making a big deal about it get asked them to again give jobs and they were so much better oh, you
0: really? know, the, wow.
1: the, um, the data for the jobs it was, it was, it was pretty incredible but mm-hmm. more so with the white students And so Mm -hmm. I guess what I learned was that yes, I could have an impact, and I could definitely have a wonderful connection with all of my students. Mm -hmm. But I was most effective at changing the stereotypes of students that were white,
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: which kind of makes sense. Yeah, and it's very important as well. It's very important as well. You know, so just, but I, but I also think that talking about these, but these issues and and bringing race. Or into the classroom discussions, or, or mm-hmm. talking about people, or so talking about injustice, and some of the um, topics that we covered helped my students of color feel more connected. Like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. we can we can talk about things in this classroom.
0: It's a challenging topic. Was it was it hard to do this type of work, or did you face any resistance either from the from the students or just general challenges?
1: Well. Um, I think that beginning any conversation that I had with, okay, we're not here to label or point out or call mm-hmm. each other racist because that, mm-hmm. that could be something that kids would immediately do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would say something which I truly believe you're 11 years old. You're not old enough to be a ist. of anything you know so we're here to learn and we're Mm -hmm. here to explore and we're here to have a safe environment Mm -hmm. and we do the same thing with our anti-bullying program or Mm -hmm. and other things that we talk about just being able to get along in the classroom and I just think when we talk about building bridges and not walls Mm -hmm. and that this conversation is meant to be a learning situation and not threatening and not labeling in any way whatsoever and I think that that helped and then some kids you know if they did have any issues or they felt Mm -hmm. uncomfortable would come to me or I would encourage them just to let me know, you know, and, Mm -hmm. um, and, and that didn't happen very often.
0: Yeah.
1: But, um, I think it's harder for adults to have to, to begin these conversations because we're, it's, it's loaded for so many adults. Like we don't know what Mm -hmm. we can say. And, um, anyway, So would the kids know? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I measured how comfortable they were having the conversations. Mm -hmm. And they were pretty comfortable at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. But by the end of the year, they were very comfortable. And they had Mm -hmm. changed their response to that question to um, like something like if I said you were comfortable from agree to strongly agree Mm -hmm. that they were comfortable
0: that's great so, yeah. yeah that's interesting that you measured that mm-hmm. you, so you were, that was kind of on your radar that that might be an issue yes. and so you were wanting to monitor that that's yeah. good that's yeah. cool very interesting because
1: i don't want my kids to feel uncomfortable no of course no. not <laughs> right 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 yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. It sounds like you did a good job with that yeah um why is this important um i'm, I'm interested in how it's going to affect your your teaching moving forward i'm also interested in what others might learn from this um in terms of, you know, how it might help other teachers think about their practice?
1: Well, wh- why it's important is 80% of the teaching force, some figure like that, mm-hmm. is white,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: predominantly female.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: the number of students of color is going up mm-hmm. tremendously, drastically, every year. And so... Um, and that, that can even change depending on the dynamic of where you live. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the city, it can be, you know, that you have a lot. The, the, it's imbalanced. Mm-hmm. And so as a teacher, as a white teacher, it is my job to make sure that I am up to date on everything that there is to know about those students um, in terms of things like students with disabilities mm-hmm. or any, any issue. And so it's only natural when, when I have somebody who is from a diverse population to make sure that I'm doing a good job and mm-hmm. making the, the, the connections that I need to for that student to fe- feel safe and learn.
0: Mm-hmm. And you think that, that that's part of a teacher's responsibility and it should be, it, because it's, it, a teacher could teach sixth grade English and not really take on some of the topics that you've taken on
1: yeah well, but I think coming from my background mm-hmm. and, my, and my original one of, uh, one of my original degrees is in sociology, so mm-hmm. I'm very interested in these kind of of things as well but i I know very few teachers who do not analyze their own teaching and make sure that they, mm-hmm. they you know teachers are always trying to improve themselves and yeah, make sure yeah. that they Im- are doing the best they can for all of the students in the yeah. in the room. I think right. that's a natural part of teaching. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe not everybody signs up to be an action researcher, mm-hmm. but um, but when people start experiencing areas where they they might need to develop, I think mm-hmm. teachers become very interested because they want to do the best that they can
0: mm-hmm. for everyone. And do you think there needs to be there? It would be good to have like sort of a more explicit curriculum around race and prejudice or do you think that's being that's already there or or would it be especially considering some of the dynamics you talked about the um the, the you know racial demographic of the teaching force um in the face of you know quickly changing demographics of students do you think the schools need to to um be more proactive in, in putting curriculum forward that helps that transition
1: Yes, and also creating the best environment.
0: Mm-hmm. Just
1: be, um, thinking metacognition, thinking about our own thinking. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, when you invite, let's say you were inviting uh, an author to mm-hmm. your school. You know, just kind of being aware that this could be a good opportunity mm-hmm. to have somebody of color come in. You mm-hmm. know, since we don't have that in our teaching staff, or um, th- looking at other other ways that we can balance the needs of all of the students in the classroom mm-hmm. and looking for our own bias and looking for, for example what and I know other people in their research projects have have looked at this who's being selected to be tested to be in the gifted program mm-hmm. who is being chosen to take the advanced level math class mm-hmm. those kind of things um, can show up in the environment so Curriculum, yes, but probably environment more so.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, great. Any anything else you'd want to like? If, if you had to have the opportunity to speak to a policymaker right now, any anything else you'd like to say in terms of the significance of this project or why 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 it matters?
1: I think it definitely matters. Yeah. It, um, when I, to be completely honest, mm-hmm. when I think about, and I go back and this year I was doing my biography unit mm-hmm. and we were pulling up some of the, um, books and stories and biographies of people who had been, um, living and leaders during the desegregation movement. hmm and it was kind of interesting because we'd read something and the kids would say but this is still happening on some level mm, mm-hmm. and they were making these connections mm-hmm. that were astounding to me and and i think that to be students get it they i think they understand mm-hmm. on, once once you open their eyes to it they understand and clearly we have not adequately fixed some of the problems that we have within within equity Mm -hmm. in our economy, Mm -hmm. in our school, in Mm -hmm. so many aspects of our society. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, that has to be addressed.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. Well, thank you for all the good work you do
1: well, thank and
0: um, for this interview.
1: And yeah. thank you and thank yeah. um, Merck yeah. for having such a very appropriate and timely topic.